0: have some fun this evening all right so yes we're going to be we're going to read psalms 119 65 through 72 um teth this way it's written in mind but sometimes the sound of it is different but it's uh, it's broken up into eight verses of course psalms 119 and, and they take a letter from the hebrew alphabet and begin to expound on it okay Uh, so it says here it says you have dealt well with thy servant O Lord according unto thy word teach me good judgment and knowledge for I believe thy commandments before I was afflicted I went astray but now I have kept thy word you are good you do good teach me thy statutes the proud have forged a lie against me but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart their heart is as fat as grease but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and of silver. Amen. Amen. So tonight we're going to be over in a familiar passage, which is Luke 7, and some of the things that you're going to see here. You've read before, you've heard before, but we're just trying to expound on... um, on Psalms 119. That's what we are doing here. Everybody make it over to 7. righty. So we can see here where sometimes people will go astray in, in Psalms 119 there. We see where people have trusted in God's word. Um, we can see that they even talk about how it's good that they were afflicted or maybe that they've went through that they could learn. And sometimes it's good for us to go through some things. I think the Lord allows us to go through some things so that we can see his His strength, his power. Um, Like David said, he's never seen the righteous, um, you know, uh, stressed out, begging for bread, struggling. He said, man, if you trust in the Lord, the Lord's gonna take care of you. And sometimes that's hard to see. All of us have been through some stress, I remember even being kids, sometimes you're stressed out. I don't want to say that you don't have stress, because that's a lie. Um, sometimes you've got worries and concerns too, just as well as adults. It may not be the same thing. Sometimes adults will tell you that it's not real, but what you stress about is real to you. Just like what we stress about to us is real to us. So, um, but I like the fact that he says, but his word is better than gold and silver. And if you get God's word deep in your heart, It'll take you places you never thought it would go, all right? And it'll keep you. It really will. And also, it'll keep all those that hear you. So we turn over here to um, uh, Luke in 7. We're going to read familiar stories here. And one of the last stories that I'm going to read is one of the ones, it's just one of my favorites. And um, it shows a lot about who God is, all right? So it reads in verse 1, it says, Now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he had heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, and saying unto him, Lord, trouble not yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Wherefore neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having unto me soldiers, And I say unto one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned uh, him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. So that's an amazing story right there. It's an amazing story about who God is because the centurion that, who they're talking about isn't even a Hebrew. It says here that the Jewish elders said that Jesus should do this for him because he's been a friend to them. He also built the synagogue for them. But you know God is not a respecter of per- persons. He doesn't really give two cents about... Um, who so-and-so stature is or how much money you are if you're white or black if you're male or female if you're an adult or a child god doesn't care about that one thing that we can see out of this text here one of the greatest things that god um that moves him is faith is faith and when he came to israel or sometimes when god comes to the church will he find faith in you and me that is the question is that what he's going to find in each and every one of us as you're going through whatever issues you're going through in this situation the centurion servant was sick sick unto death i don't know how people can come to god's people and we're not praying i don't know how people can come to us and we're not doing the things that god is asking us to do this man i i don't even know if there was any miracles done um in israel like it was when we read about from genesis to malachi remember all the uh things that the lord did all through there through israel how he healed people raised the dead all the things he did and now here this centurion i mean i don't know it's almost like today with all the political you know even uh when you look at some churches it's political you know we see pastors running up there to the white house we see paula white and them in there at the white house It becomes like a show But this centurion right here, he must have really loved his servant, but he went to the Jewish leaders and asked them to go to Jesus because he just didn't feel worthy. Whatever his perception of Jesus is, what is our perception of who Jesus Christ is? What is our perception of who God is? What is our perception? Because I'm here to tell you that, like Jesus told them, uh, if if you see me, you see the Father. Me and my father are one. It's a hard thing for people to understand, but if we go back to um, Deuteronomy, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, not two, not three. So don't think that there's three different people or three different entities. That's not what it is. You see Jesus, you see the Father. You see the Father, you see Jesus, they, they, they're one, okay? The Holy Spirit is one. So this man <coughs> doesn't even feel as though he's worthy to be in God's presence. Must have been a humble brother. I don't know what is for him to do those things for the Hebrews means that God truly is no respecter of persons. But how can somebody that doesn't go to church have more respect for God than you and I? That's the crazy thing that sometimes enters my mind. Because remember the Hebrews right here, these these Jewish leaders didn't know who Jesus was. But this centurion right here who didn't go to church. Maybe he, he's revealing why he built the synagogue. Maybe he's revealing because he had some, some, maybe he was there and he would listen. We know when Paul talked to King Agrippa, Agrippa said, you know what, Paul? He was listening to Paul describe his testimony and all that God had done. And he said, man, Paul, you're about to persuade me to give my life to Christ because of the power of Paul's testimony. But I'm here to tell you, I think something happened in this man's life to where he honored God with his life. And maybe he saw Jesus as something totally different than the people that should have recognized him. The other day I was in the store and um, I think, Thomas, you were there. Thomas had came by. And Thomas, I don't know if you knew that woman that came in, but her reputation isn't that good. You know, sometimes she might pick up things that don't belong to her. And, and different things like that i don't know just people sometimes reputation can be a little bit beside them you know we all have reputations in here whether we want to believe it or not we got a reputation and i was um praying that morning and uh i try to make it a habit to not have any um respect or you know if i see y'all i'm so nice to y'all come on in y'all sit down but i see somebody else no you got to leave you know, sometimes that's the way it is, and I know one of my teammates was really reluctant because the woman said, um, "Do you have any water?" And they were like, "No, we don't have any water." And I'm sitting there, you know, but I had to get up because there's no way that I could be in fellowship with the Most High God. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no way that there's no way that we could come out of this Bible study, and disrespect somebody because of their reputation the way they look it's it's impossible so i had to get up and i said vanessa you know we do have some water i put some water in the refrigerator she was like oh okay and i don't know if vanessa knew it or not but i mean i'm like we got water let's get that young lady some water so i went and handed her some water so she could sit down and rest and wait on the vehicle coming so I, I can't worry about what people's reputation is and i know that jesus did not have the best reputa- uh, reputation reputation um, with the jewish leaders I, i'm telling you, we can read it all he did not have the best reputation with them but the centurion spoke to them and i know they're probably like man oh man that, that dude ain't no good but he said my servant is sick and I've been there for y'all when well, y'all needed a synagogue, <laughs> you know. I've been there for y'all. Don't so act like you don't know who you're talking to. Now, I need you to humble yourself and humble your pride. And I need you to go to Jesus even though you don't like him, even though you talk about him. And I, I want him to come to my house. Well, why don't you go? I see somebody that you don't see, and I am not worthy to even be in his presence. That's what he says. He said, I would have came myself, he said, but I'm not worthy to even be in your presence. Maybe he saw him as being God himself. So anyway, the Jewish leaders come over and start to tell Jesus that you should do it because he built us a synagogue. Now, God does not move based on whether or not you build synagogues or how much tithes you get and and all the other nonsense that goes on in the world. God doesn't move by that. God is nothing but love. Do you understand that? That's all he is. God so what? Loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, scripturally we read that. But in my heart, God so loved the world that he took himself. I I know it ain't written in here, but he took a part of himself. Because there was nobody on planet earth that could die for you and I, that we would have access to him. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So he took himself and placed himself in a woman. I know it doesn't make sense to you, but to me it makes sense because today the spirit of God is living in each and every one of us. How did that happen? How can he take the Holy Spirit and send his spirit to earth and say, go in who I tell you to go in? and turn whoever's life around that I want. So he took a part of himself and placed it in Mary so that he could have a body that he could sacrifice. The scripture says it pleased God to afflict Jesus or to afflict himself. Do you hear me? And Jesus would talk about how I know you can't see me, but the Father has given me power, not only to lay my life down, but... To put my life on back up. So I believe the centurion, when he began to think about Jesus and think on Jesus, and sometimes you've got to be in God's word. I'm telling you, it's something about God's word. In his word, he reveals himself. Sometimes people will tell you to seek God's face. You're like, how am I going to seek God's face? It don't make no sense. But you can see him in here, you can just see his character. So Jesus is rolling with these brothers. But he says, you know what, I need y'all to go back and tell Jesus that I know who he is. Sometimes God will put you on a job or sometimes God will, you'll go through an assignment in school or, I don't know. But going through whatever, sometimes fishing people get an epiphany or they, this thing comes to them and they realize who God is. This man was sitting there thinking about the position he had as a manager or a boss or an overseer and the authority that has been given him. I could go to the job and I could say, you know what, you're hired. And I could walk in the job and say, you know what, you're fired. And no one's gonna question me about what I do because the company has given me authority to do some things. So the position that I have today, when I look at scripture, I have to be very, very careful about what comes out my mouth and what I do and what I say and how I treat you if you're one of the employees there. Because you have been given to me, you have been entrusted to me. The same way the centurion is saying his mind, this servant of mine, this man that serves me, God has given him to me and I need to be very, very careful how I treat him. Because sometimes the way that you and I Treat the individual that's under our command sometimes it's a funny way how we get treated in return. Mm -hmm. Be not mocked, whatever a man sows, that's what he reaps. And since I read scripture, I realize the value of a human being, regardless of the color of their skin. And regardless regardless nowadays, I gotta say, of their gender, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? right? Because work is something totally different from church, all right? When you go to work, I don't, I can't worry about gender color of skin and all the foolishness that goes on in the world all right so the centurion understood the authority that had been given to him and listen i tell you all the time promotion comes from god and not man if ever in your life you're elevated to be whatever it is and you have some type of authority that authority has been given to you by god and i pray and i hope with the authority that you have that you understand the scriptures And understand how to uh, apply them correctly wherever you are at joseph applied the word of god correctly when he was in jail when he was in egypt when he shouldn't have been there when he had no business being there he applied the word of god uh correctly so we look at the the men that went to jesus and they said lord the centurion said listen he's thinking about all this stuff and he's praying about all this stuff and i i i I ask you when you study scripture that you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the scripture to you. Give me something that's going to bless me today in this scripture. And I know that Centurion said, you know what? I could text one of my guys and tell him, don't go there, but go there. Then I could text him again and say, no, nah, I don't want you to go there. And I go back there and he'll text back and say, make up your mind, boss. <laughs> but I know he's going to that place and he's going back to that place, but he will not stop going left or right until I say, okay, come on back. And they'll be like, really? So that's the authority that's been given me. And just him thinking about that, he says, Lord, you are over everything. I know maybe he was studying Psalms 24 and he said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and everybody that dwells therein. And all God has to do is speak a word just like I speak a word and my guys will go and come back and they have completed exactly what I said. Maybe if the Lord would just speak a word and he, and listen, he has so much faith that he tells the men, he says, go to Jesus and tell him about the job I have and, and and how I manage people and how I know who he is. I know that he is God and that he is managing every individual on this planet. And it's God that decides who lives and dies. It's not man. It's God that decides who will be born. It's God that decides who's going to be king and who's not going to be king. It's God that decides that. I know we go in there and fill out paper and people say you're hired, but God is the one that opens doors and closes doors. God is the one. And if you have that mentality, man, you're doing good. If you don't have that mentality, you think that person on the other side of the counter or you think that the person over there has authority over your life, that is wrong. God is the one that has authority over your life. He's the one that could take this gray hair on my beard and make it turn black. We read in the scriptures where uh, Naaman, you you were able to take your hand. Moses was able to take his hand and put it into his bosom and come out white. And he was able to put it back and it would come back out normal again. What is that all about? God said he's the God of all flesh, the creator of heaven and earth. And if you know who Jesus is, I'm telling you, your life can be changed just like that. The blind man, what did he scream out? Thou son of David, I know who you are. And Jesus said, stop. He is the author and he's the finisher of your faith and my faith. Yes, he is. And without faith, we already know it's impossible to please him. So Jesus starts to talk here. Listen, verse 8, For I, I am also a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, maybe us in the church, maybe those of us that have been spending all this time with him. And he says, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. That's what moves God it's the revelation knowledge that comes from you and I reading scripture spending time with him in prayer and he opens up our eyes to see who he is and we say Lord I know who you are and that's the only way he could explain it was God I tell one to go and I tell one to come and they do exactly what I say and I know who you are now if you tell my servant to get up he's going to get up that was his one plus one equals two. He didn't have to do nothing deep about it. He just says, I know who you are. I need you to do X, Y, and Z for me. And did the Lord do it? Verse 10 says, and they that were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. And I know, they, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what they thought about that. Well, let's go back and, and he just told us to go on back and tell him that it's all good. And Jesus probably kept on walking. He turned to the people and said, hey, man, I uh, (laughs) I ain't never found faith like this in all of Israel. Hey, go tell old boy everything is all good. And Jesus walked away. Jesus ain't had nothing else to say. And when they got back, old boy was all good. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus says, I'm going to go sit on the right hand or I'm going to take this body here that I made. Because God made the body. Because the scripture says that Mary was found with child. No man was with her. She was found with child. Of the Holy Ghost. Alright. So God took the body that he made. Slayed it. Alright. Remember back in Abraham. Abraham tried to block all the fowls of the air. But the Lord was like once Abraham got out the way. God could do what he wanted to do. Now, God has taken this body, and this body sits right before him. And if you and I believe, I'm telling you that there's nothing too hard for us, if we can believe that. And that right there takes a miracle. That takes a miracle for you to believe that. Every time you come to church, pray, Lord, give me the gift of faith. Give me the gift to believe and, and, uh, and see exactly what it is that you are saying. And if you don't really know who he is, we're gonna go on to uh, the next one. The next testimony is of a widow mother. I just love this testimony here. Because you gotta know who God is. Uh, I, I mean, you really have to know who God is. You, now it's movie night here tonight, right? We're gonna have movie night? Mm-hmm. The best movies are the ones that either make you laugh or make you cry. Yeah. You know a movie's good when you're sitting there just laughing, or you're so scared, or the tears are falling down your face, like everybody crying. Remember Old Yeller? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. When me and my brothers, we sisters, yeah, we, we watched we Old Yeller. Watched that, <laughs> Man, we all were crying. What's another movie y'all cried on? What's another movie? Because of Windex. Oh, because of Windexy. Okay, all right. I remember. Remember Brian's song. Yeah. Brian's song was an old movie about a football player. And and, it was, and they brought you all the way in, you know, because he helped his buddy get right. And the next thing you know, he got cancer and went down. And, mm. and the music was playing just right, you know, in Brian's yeah. song. And they got him running in slow motion. Yeah. And everybody in the room is just crying, you know. Have you watched clouds? No, I haven't. I haven't watched it. That's what I did watch Final Destination. Was everybody oh. jumping in the room? <laughs> huh? Either, either everybody was jumping and what were some of the other old school horror flicks we used to watch Thomas Jason, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween <laughs> yeah. Now, now Hellraiser it was a lot of hell in that movie I'm just keeping it real I'm just keeping it real that, was, that, that messed your head up but just like movie night the movies listen the scripture says if you can see me and you can hear me then you can be converted and healed all right the centurion he could see him and he could hear him and his servant listen israel did not get what somebody that didn't go to church get how does that happen imagine some imagine the mailman that comes by here listens to the word all the time sends somebody to the door and says hey uh you know, I don't go to church and anything like that, but could you pray for my mama? I I've been going past her every day and I hear y'all in there and uh I'm just believing God can do it. You don't even come in here, don't even listen to it. Has somebody else come to the door. He's sitting out there at the truck, because he's just like, I, I don't want to interrupt nobody. And the dude says, Could you pray for Mary Ann Jones, and we're like, okay, so we prayed for Mary Ann Jones, dude gets home his mother's heel, comes back, tells us the testimony of how he was kept walking by, heard what we were saying, and he went home and just tried it out, and next thing you know, we still praying for people, looking at each other like, you know, just, and we still trying to get a prayer through, all right, and the mailman got his prayer through, that's what happened here, Israel was trying to get a prayer, what, I. I, it bothers my heart. I've got to move on from this. But we cannot be in church all the years that these, uh, the head of Israel has been in church. And God is not doing one thing for us. He says the problem is our faith. Now faith cometh by hearing and hearing how by the word of God. And how can you hear about preacher? Being scared only comes from movies of Jason, Hellraiser and all that. And how can you get scared unless you watch it? All right? So once we put Hellraiser on, we're all in here like, oh, snap, turn the light back on, Sheila. (laughs) Because people would throw things at you uh, where I was from, but they would touch you. Like, you're in a movie theater, somebody would pull out like something long and and just sit it on your shoulder. Next thing you know, you're fighting, everybody's laughing, I got you. You were scared, weren't you? And you trying to pretend like you wasn't scared, but you you were scared. (laughs) And if you're at home, somebody's always touching you. Stop touching me, fool. People always do it, and my dad was notorious for doing something crazy, like making some type of noise and and it acting like something happened. So we had a lot of fun with with those movies and everything like that. Even the drive-through was fun because the drive-through, you ever see people spill their popcorn and and, and soda stuff because the movie's so impactful. And I pray that this next part, I don't know how to bring this in, but this, like I said, this is one of if you want to know who God is, because He's looking at us right now the scripture says it's in him that we live and move and have our being that means that if something happened to him everything happens to everything so the reason why you and i are moving right now is because of just who he is and how he put his life force if i say that into everything he says i'm the god of all flesh humans whales birds if something happened to me everything just stops like that He says, that's who I am. And if you don't understand, have you ever made anything and felt ownership over it? Hmm? Have 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 you ever made something and you were just, God made us and he calls us his children. I love reading Jonah when he was asking about the people that lived in Nineveh. He was talking to Jonah. He's like, don't you even care about the people that live in Nineveh and Jonah's like, I don't give two cents about none of them. They a bunch of methods and I hope they die. That was Jonah's attitude was like they need to be killed off and destroyed. And God is trying to say, Jonah, are you serious right now? He said, what about what about the little rabbits and the dogs and the cats and everything that I made? He's like, they can go too (laughs) (laughs) That's go Jonah's hot because God did not destroy Nineveh he sent Jonah because he didn't want to destroy Nineveh so he sends you and me into the people's life to tell them about who he is because he will not change he doesn't want anybody to die he doesn't want none of his kids or nothing to he, he just doesn't want it he doesn't want it to happen that's who he that's his character he's like I don't want nothing to happen to you I don't want nothing to happen to the people across the street that you don't even like I don't want nothing to happen to the clan I don't want nothing to happen to the Black Panthers. He's like, I don't want nothing to happen to you. He's like, how can I show you that I don't want anything to happen to you? How can we reveal God's character towards us so that when we begin to pray and we're sitting there, we're thinking that God hates us. And we're thinking that God is like, I ain't doing nothing for you because you're wicked. The way we think about ourselves is not the way that God thinks about us. Do you understand that? None of us on this planet is perfect. It took him to die for us in order for us to be right with God. It took somebody else to die for you and me, for us to be right. So he killed himself mm-hmm. so that you and I might be able to come unto him and have a relationship with him and, be, and he's an ever-present help in time of need. So don't let the centurion get the ever-present help and you and I don't get nothing. Right. That's impossible when we listen to this word week after week and it's not producing no faith. Come on now. But listen, verse 11 says this. This is the only way I can describe God to you. If you don't think that God loves you, if you don't think that God is not concerned with what goes on in your life, if you don't think God is not concerned with the tears that fall from your face, you better listen to this next testimony of this widow mother. Amen. Amen. And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. Nain means that it's beautiful. And that it is pleasant. It's like you go to a place and you ride and you say this is literally beautiful. That's what the word name means. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. So there was more than just the 12. A disciple means that hey man that's our teacher we follow him. Remember there was over what 500 that should have been at in the upper room but it was only 120 that made it. You all hear what I'm saying? He didn't have a mega church. He had a little church. <laughs> That God going to have a little church. All right. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. Did she know who he was like the centurion? Mm -hmm. Did she she send servants to him or nothing like that? Mm -hmm. This is God on earth walking. Comes up on a funeral. Do y'all hear me? Mm -hmm. This is magic. God is walking. Comes to the beginning of Pittsburgh. And there's a funeral. Now. Now. Is he worried about the man that's dead, or is he worried about the mother that's alive? Tell me. Which one is he worried about? (laughs) The dead man's already with him. (laughs) Are you alive? Are we alive? So who is he worried about? (laughs) The dead man is already like, Lord, I don't want to go back. If you are, listen, he told the thief, he said, "Today, the only way I can describe it is paradise. Do you want to come back here? (laughs) To Pittsburgh, Texas, (laughs) when you're in paradise. Mm -hmm. Sandy beaches, crystal blue water. You can even walk on water, you know? The dogs even talk to you. (laughs) They they ain't barking or nothing. They're like, oh, what up, Zoe? You're like, oh, what's up, doggy? You understand me? The dog's like, Yeah, I understand you. In heaven, we understand everything. Yeah. There is no barrier between us. Oh, okay. This is pretty dope. Well, go sit you behind down somewhere, a little doggies, says you can hear me. Move on out of the way. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go out here and explore. I'm like Dora the Explorer I'm about to see everything I can see. Mm-hmm. Tell the little, little dog's like, You better go on and sit down somewhere. We all free up here. <laughs> they say no twelve years a slave. <laughs> the little dog, like, we all on the same level, okay? Uh-huh. The Lord loves us all, okay? We are all his children. Um, but anyway, he's, he's worried about the mother. He's worried about you. He's worried about me. He's, he's When the tears fall from your face and whatnot, he's watching the movie too. He's sitting there watching our life. And when you begin to cry, he begins to cry. And he's like, oh, I just wish that they had faith. All right. But he has to reveal who he is. This mother must have been weeping. I mean, she must, listen, she lost her husband, but she still had her son. She still had a reason to live. She still had hope. But don't take her hope. Don't don't take the last thing that she had, because, you know, she probably got them so-called friends. There was a lot of people coming out the city with her, but they might have been, you know, professional mourners. Sometimes you got professional people in your life. They cry when you cry, but they're professionals. They really don't care nothing about you. So she lost everything that she had, and now she's walking behind it, and she can't stop crying. But the Lord walks up to her and says, weep not. He's watching the movie. That's the only way I can describe it to you. He's watching the movie like you and I, but if we could stop old Yeller from dying, man, if I could, man, if we could have, who else died that we saw that, man? If I could have just brought old Yeller back, that would have been all right. You know, remember when E.T., we thought E.T. was gone, but E.T. phoned home. You know, there's a lot of things going on. But he told her to weep not. He came and touched the beer. And they that bear him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. You know, when I'm, every, anytime I'm just like overwhelmed in my life, anytime that I'm just like, you know, like, Lord, you know, is everything all right? Anytime I begin to sit there, man, and I, I don't feel as though I'm going to get a prayer through, sometimes I have to open up scripture and I have to begin to read it to get this carnal mind. I got to get my head right. Now, this woman right here is a sinner just like you and me. There's no respect of persons between her and us. Then that means that everybody that he rolled up on that was dead, he would have done the same thing. Because God is the same. I mean, he doesn't treat any of us no different. He's not like us. We don't you know we have favorites. But he was just moved with compassion. Looking at her crying, her thinking that it's over with. Her life is done. He just wants to speak a word to her that it ain't over. You know that? How how is he going to thank you, sir? And sometimes the Lord wants to do something in our life without even speaking a word. He just comes up and even though he said, hey, weep not, Corinth, Corinth is like, I don't even know who this fool is. You need to get up out my face. Because imagine people just walking up to you that you don't know saying, don't cry, mama. And you're looking at the person like, do you realize this is a funeral and this is my only son? And he's like, I understand. All he did was touch it. Then he started speaking to a dead man. He spoke to a dead man, and dead man got up and started speaking. (laughs) I don't understand that. That's it was over. Listen, when they're already putting you in the ground, that means you've been dead for about a week. It's over. It's a wrap. Ain't no use to. They're on. They're on their way. They're like, yo, just okay. The dirt's already up. Everything. It's over. And God has, come. I don't know where you're at in your life. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know who you're praying for in your life. But just imagine whoever you're praying for and whatever you want, you're walking behind it with tears falling down your face. And Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not dead. He's alive. But what's it going to take for you and I to know that he's alive? And what he did for this woman that he could do for you and I. What's it going to take? What's it going to take? I'm telling you, we're on the right path because we come and we meet up all the time together. And we break bread together. And we pray for one another. All right? I know we started the little prayer thing. Did anybody make it on last night? Uh, it's okay. We're going to pray again. But sometimes you feel as though you can't get a prayer through. Sometimes you feel as though like it's just, it is what it is, and it's not. It's been on my heart to just, you know how that scripture of James that we talk about, I know me and Thomas, Thomas loves the book of James, but it says to um, tell each other all about what's going on in your life. It says, uh, talk about your faults, your shortcomings and all that and pray for one another that God will heal you. It's me paraphrasing it because we know the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. It's been on my heart for the longest time just to start a prayer group where we could come together and nobody is pastor or nothing because we all got issues. I don't care what your title is, take your title off and throw it at the door because that's not gonna mean anything when cancer comes. It don't mean nothing when death comes. Oh, that's pastor. It don't mean nothing. Listen, you, Pastor gonna move out the way when death come knocking at the door. All right. The only, the only name in heaven and on earth that means something when, when death comes knocking is the name Jesus. That's the only name. That's the only name in which anybody is going to be saved is by the name of Jesus. The only name where that knees will bow is by the name of Jesus. The only thing that demons respond to is the name of Jesus. They don't respond to Mark. I'm sorry, I wish they would. You can, you can call Call me on the cell phone. and I'll, Is it a demon? Tell them Mark said, go on somewhere. They ain't going to move. <laughs> they are going to be like, hey, they ain't thinking about me. But I tell you right now, they're thinking about Jesus. Jesus told death to reverse itself death was like but i already got him i'm about to put him in the ground i got him and the lord was like death oh my god you get on my nerves with this how many people are you going to resurrect just tell me right now because i'm getting a kick out of killing folks and he's like boy you better go on now get this boy get him up out of there death had the death has to come up off your life Jesus is the same right now that He was when He came into this woman's life. It talks about Him in verse sixteen. After that, it says there came a fear on all, like people got afraid. Because sometimes we get afraid because we play in church. All right. All right. I wouldn't have been afraid. I'd have been going, talking about, "Come on back, let's get grandmom too." Yeah. If he'd have raised up one of my kinfolk. I'd have had him at the other tombstones too. You hear me? (laughs) Oh, and Auntie Barry right there. My dad over there. Mama over there. uh, (laughs) Let's keep going. Get all your family up out the grave. That's what she should have asked for. The mother would have been like, I'm going to need my husband too. (laughs) Jesus would have been like, Won't he do it? Don't be scared. When fear come, God can't move. It says fear came on everybody. But if you don't get caught up in the moment, you'll be like, "Ah, Jesus, I need one more person. I need my husband. Jesus would have looked at it like, well, Lord, I, I I was here last week. Ain't nothing too hard for you. That's what you told Abraham and Sarah. I heard it from Jeremiah's mouth. Matter of fact, over in the book of Luke, It's written over there, too. With me, it's impossible, but with you, all things are possible. Now, I wasn't just crying for my son. I was crying about my husband, too. I'm going to need both. You have not because what? If she would have just asked for the husband, would he do it? Wouldn't that have been wild? Mm -hmm. If she would have said, and one more thing, Lord, he'd have been like, yes, ma'am. I'm going to need my husband. Who come walking up, brushing dirt off himself, was the husband. Oh, here I am. But I'm talking. I'm not talking about no, no maggots, no ear missing. All right. <laughs> Looked like he had a fresh shower, had a fresh cut. <laughs> he just come walking up. Clothes, you know, clothes might have been a little dirty, <laughs> but he would have been fresh and so clean, you know. Mm-hmm. Fear came on everybody, and it says they glorified God, saying that a great prophet. <laughs> they still don't know who he is. They said a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God has what? Visited his people. Now, are they talking about the capital P prophet that Moses spoke about back in Deuteronomy? Or are they talking about the lowercase prophet, like he's just a man? Because I see a lowercase P, don't you? Now, and when you go back to Deuteronomy, Moses says there's a prophet that will rise up in the midst of you. He says that's the one you better listen to. And that prophet has a capital P. Like I tell you all the time, we got to look and find out what they're talking about. Are they talking about that prophet all the way back there? Are we talking about a lowercase prophet? Are they putting him on the level of an Elijah, an Elisha, a Jeremiah? What level are they putting him on? Because they should have said he's king of kings and lord of lords. They should have called him ancient of days. They should have said he's wonderful counselor, everlasting father, the prince of peace. Is what they should have called him but they called him a prophet. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region roundabout. I tell you right now, I wouldn't have had a funeral if I knew Jesus was in the region. And even if I had it, I'd have told him, look, man, just, just put him in something temporary because I know that we're about to get him out as soon as Jesus comes by. But I don't really see a lot of people taking advantage of God being in their presence, all right? We need to take advantage of God being in our presence. Now that scripture where two or three are gathered, he's in the midst, what are you praying for? What are you thinking about? What ails you? What's bothering you? Because we have to take full advantage of that as brothers and sisters, you know that? Who do we really see? There's things that we need. How's it going to happen? But if we know who owns everything, then we got to call upon his name. So we look back at Psalms 119, 65. It says here, it says, you have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according unto your word. All they had was Genesis to Malachi, all right? They didn't even have Matthew, and they didn't have all the way the Revelation. They just had the Tanakh, and they believed God's word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. You are good, and do good, and teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me. I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Now, I'm telling you, those Jewish leaders, they didn't have nothing good to say about Jesus. They only went because old boy built them a the synagogue, all right? They only went because, you know, he he uh, he gave to their whatever... You know, he blessed them. That's the only reason why they went, but we know through scriptures, they didn't like him. All right. Let me see here. I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. I'm telling you right now, that mother doesn't care about money no more. She doesn't care about anything material down here. God brought her son back to life. Who do you think she values more, God or the things of this world? You get God, you get everything. But you'll find him in these scriptures. Somehow, when we read these scriptures, it's just like movie night. If you read them and you pray over them, the Holy Spirit will begin to show you God's face. He'll begin to show you who God is, show you individually who He is. You got you to hear that again. He will show you individually who He is. Now, He'll do it corporately too, because remember Cornelius' house. When the Holy Spirit dropped, it dropped on everybody in the room. But if you begin to read this, not just on Sunday and Wednesday, but begin to venture into it. The other night I put on Ezekiel. You know, if, I'm telling you, if you can't sleep, put on one of the books of the Bible. And I was out in like two minutes. And I'm mad because i got to go back and, and keep finishing Ezekiel. But I'm only going to do like three <laughs> verses at a time because I keep falling asleep, Thomas. I put it on, it's like, and. eh from the, the river Chippah comes this, you know how the the smoke and everything is, is and is unfolding and he starts to describe the cherubims that are coming. I can't make it past that part. Like when I watch movies now, I'll put it on the first five minutes. I'm like, oh, this is good. Next thing you know, I wake up and the TV's looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's like. That's what it's like with scripture. So it takes me like 18 weeks to get through a book and all I'm doing is listening to it. I'm just listening to it. You know, Earl Jones, come on there. In the beginning, God. I'm out. I got to start the next day. Like, and it, I started beginning in the beginning, God. And I'm out again. I'm like, man. <laughs> like, I'm purposing in my heart to like really listen to this, and I, I'm not even tired. But when the word of God starts going, I guarantee you that your imagination will start to flow, just like it does with these little movies that we put on. You can feel it. And he's talking, and I'm like, man. Sometimes I got to stop it, like. Did he really mean that? You got to get into it. Let it flow. And I tell you, you're gonna, he's going to start to reveal to you who you are, because I know if you're kids, you're praying for things, and you're praying for your parents. And if you're parents, you're praying for things, and you're praying for your kids. There's kids that are praying for their parents. And there's parents that are praying for their kids praying that they would be made whole. The centurion, when they got back, his servant was made whole. The mother got her son back. Mm -hmm. So I pray that you get something out of these things. I pray that it encourages you Mm -hmm. in your personal walk with the Lord. In your personal walk. I love seeing y'all every week. You know what astounds everybody? How young you guys are and how you guys are so attentive and how you guys love coming here. You get involved. They love that. You know that? People are like, How did you get them involved? Like, I said, I didn't, have to, I didn't get them involved in nothing. They were just in here like, Wait a minute. <laughs> the Holy Spirit gets you involved. And He could take you farther than I could ever take you. There's other people, Are like great teachers out there, great preachers out there that can take you far. All right? Get a good foundation. You never know where you're going to be at. You're young right now. Some of y'all may go into the service. Some may go off to college. And next thing you know, you find yourself in a foxhole. And you'll remember this Bible study right here. And not only will it save you, but it will save the other person next to you. Because you'll start talking to them. You know what, man? I heard a message on a centurion. Yeah, we all soldiers right now. You just start to explain to them what you heard today. And the people be sitting there listening to you. And they'll be like, yo, man, you got any more of those testimonies? Yeah, man. Let me tell you another one about this widow mother. Lost her son. And you start to recount to them everything that you've learned in here. I'm telling you, you'll save somebody's life. They'll begin to believe the words that are coming out your mouth. But the scary thing is they believe it more than you that's the scary thing is when other people believe it more than you I'm telling you if I go back home the people that I would listen to they don't go to church what kind of game is that who does that but the enemy is sneaky and slick and he can try to pull you away from God yes he will that's his job that's all he does seeking whom he may devour that's what he does all the time get us angry at each other you know, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Okay, well, I'm taking my ball too. <laughs> That's what he does. So I pray you got something out of this. Every week I always pray that you get something out of it. I pray that it becomes a part of your life, you know. I pray that you start reading and, and, and looking on your own and going through these things. We're going to go over the same thing all the time, every time. The Bible ain't going to change, y'all, unless they start adding something to it. All right? And people are going to talk about the bible like man god ain't in that book he's in here he's right up in here everything that we see like i told you if you took all this drywall down you'll see two by four studs there and if we took all this stuff down called reality you'll see the word of god that holds the whole world in its place the word of god that's what you'll see it'll be word letters and words they'd be like what is these letters that's what they do The whole world was framed out by the word of God. And I know you could probably, it's hard for you to believe that, but that's it. That's what holding the whole world up is the word of God. All right. Amen. Come on, y'all. Let's pray. We're going to roll on out. Do what we do. What time is it, y'all? Oh, man. But tonight, I'll I'll send you if you guys want to jump on, but...